it's a pageant. Think how far we could go together, Morgan. Uncensored Cinephiles fans, it's Anonymous here to do the V for Vendetta breakdown and esoteric film analysis. Or is it V? Are you V? He or are you EV? He is all of us. He's all of us. <laughs> it's actually our time. Oh no, we tricked you. It's just <laughs> us. Oh no. Some people are disappointed. <laughs> like, damn it, you really thought it was Anonymous for a second. And we also have I am anonymous the doggy in the commander, <laughs> and Brutus is here. The actual... Brutus is actually the one behind it, pulling yeah. all the strings. Yeah, he's our producer. <laughs> <laughs> he's your director, producer. So, V for Vendetta, mm. my possibly one of my top favorite movies of all time, like top three mm. for me. Listen carefully, can you hear it? Now the brass. I can hear it. Look 
comes the crescendo. What about you? Is it one of your top movies of all time? Uh, no, because this is hard for me because I don't necessarily... My top movies are probably people... People are not going to know what they are, so... I don't know. Like, I have a... Where would you put a... What is your, like, top three movies, then? No, I don't ask me this question. <laughs> um... Okay, Once Upon a Time in America. Once Upon a Time in America. Days of Heaven. Days of Heaven. And... The Clinton body count documentary <laughs> by Titus Frost. No. no. Um, probably, I would say Persona by Ingvar Bergman. See, you mm. don't know any of those movies. No, I don't. I actually don't know any of those. So that's that's a good start to the podcast. <laughs> I like, I'm very... So why, why is V for Vendetta not one of your favorite all-time movies when it's one of mine because... I feel like every scene of this movie mm. is quality. And there are a couple of, I'll grant you, a couple of a little over-the-top fight scenes. Yeah. But the rest of it's good. I mean, for me, I what I really liked about Children of Men was like how it immersed the viewer into the world. Mm-hmm. And like we generally felt like we were there. Mm-hmm. And we were like going on that journey and I feel like I don't know there's still something there's like a disconnect here like I don't I know that I'm watching a movie do you know what I mean it's like and visually there's not I don't know there's some good like it there's some good visuals but at the same time it's like there's not like something like Days of Heaven which is a really beautiful movie uh, by Tarek's uh, Malik um, that has like it looks like a painting mm. and like each you could take each shot from that movie and you could put it on the wall in a gallery it has that like beauty to it yeah and that's what like when people say cinema that's what i envision mm-hmm. and same with like once upon a time in america um that again is like a cinema to me this is just like viva vendetta is a good movie but it's just like it's a product it's like a commercial product that mm-hmm. we're consuming. So people are going to like, oh, you're a film snob. And yes, I am a film snob. <laughs> I have a degree in it. So that's the one thing I'm good at is is that. And that's what I bring to oh. the table. And that's why I'm here. What I think it lacks for <laughs> in terms of beauty of the cinematography, I think it makes up for like overwhelmingly with the plot. And yes, the it's a very plot-driven, very like, yeah, is very good. But right. you don't have necessarily like. Can we just talk about Natalie Portman's accent for a second? Wait, does she ha- she fakes a British accent in this yeah. movie? Yeah, yeah. It's not. He got to me. You did this to me. You cut my hair. You tortured me. You tortured me. Why? Not good. I don't. <laughs> you have the best British accent of all time. Aww. Yeah. Mm. 
See, that's why I have you on the podcast. I mean, <laughs> a, a high quality British accent on mm. on the cast. I just I think she does a very good performance, but I find her accent at times very distracting. And I find like little things that they that, you know they they clearly say for an American audience or something like he said uh, lever instead of lever. Um, Almost. Stop. Get your hand off that lever. I know I do. <laughs> I didn't even notice any of these issues because I'm an American. And we so. know, like, oh, I, just, I laughed because the guy was like, we don't want the situation being more bollocked up. This is General Ackroyd. Keep communication tight. I won't have this thing getting any more bollocked up than it already is. That's, like, not a thing. We don't ever say that. We say bollocks, yeah. I hear that every day. She's <laughs> like, oh, don't make the sink more bollocked up, you know? <laughs> 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 All right, yeah, so V for Vendetta. Let's get into the film itself. This is a film oh, made... Oh, did it predict the Kuf Kuf? Eventually, his party launches a special project in the name of national security. At first, it's believed to be a search for biological weapons, and it's pursued without regard to its cost. However, the true goal of this project is power. Complete and total hegemonic domination. The project, however, ends violently. But the efforts of those involved are not in vain, for a new ability to wage war is born from the blood of one of the victims. Imagine a virus, the most terrifying virus you can, and then imagine that you and you alone have the cure. But if your ultimate goal is power, how best to use such a weapon? Their target should not be an enemy of the country, but rather the country itself. Three targets are chosen to maximize the effect of the attack, a school, a tube station, and a water treatment plant. Several hundred die within the first few weeks. That Three Waters has, in fact, been contaminated. Authorities are attempting to control its deadly spread. Sent a wave of destruction throughout the underground. Fueled by the media, fear and panic spread quickly, fracturing and dividing the country until at last the true goal comes into view. I think, yes. I think it was, from my uh, view of what took place, was they've been working on the Koof Koof since Operation Dark Winter. In 2001, a real-world exercise tested the emergency response to a bioterror attack on the continental United States. The operation was called Dark Winter which took place in 2001 and then culminated with the final um, drill, which was event 201. A new coronavirus spread silently within herds. Gradually, farmers started getting sick. Infected people got a respiratory illness with symptoms ranging from mild flu-like signs to severe pneumonia. The sickest required intensive care. Many died. Which was right before oh, the yes, Koof Koof hit mm. the world, okay? So <clears throat> to me, it's been a long-term plan that was finally released on the public. So mm. insiders would have had access to that type of knowledge. And much like you saw a lot of um, what they call pre-programming mm. prior to 9-11, you had similar stuff for years, like Contagion, V for Vendetta, 
leading yeah. up to the actual Outbreak. koof-koof. Yeah, because... And to me, the koof-koof was not an accidental leak from a lab. It was intentionally released on the public. Are we going to get one of those, like, oh, misinformation, go to COVID. I've lost <laughs> six YouTube channels now for talking about this, so. Countries are reacting in different ways as to how best to manage the overwhelming amounts of dis and misinformation circulating over the internet. In some cases, limited internet shutdowns are being implemented to quell panic. How much control of information should there be? And by whom? And how can false information be effectively challenged? Probably. Anyway, we're yes. talking about movies and this is movie <laughs> review channel. Yeah, we're and doing just... movie reviews. None of this is health advice. No, okay. no. Um, but yes, it's interesting that uh, in the movie world of Viva Vendetta, which is a fictional world. Yeah, get that a... YouTube AI. <laughs> Fictional movie world. In the fictional movie world of V for Vendetta, it's just, just like the government release the virus and it's used as a fear tactic. And what I mm. find really interesting in the movie when it's like counting down towards the 5th of November, mm -hmm. um, they try and amp up the fear, you know, so and then people are like cottoning onto it in the movie. Mm. And they're like, oh, do you believe any of this rubbish? So it's like, all those people, like, I love the little scenes where it's like, you've got the nursing home, you've got, like, the family, you've got the middle class family, you've got the working class family, and, like, the pub. And, you know, like, the guy's like, do you believe any of this bollocks? You know, <laughs> it's like, uh, all the stuff they're talking about on the um, TV. And I think we see that quite a lot nowadays in, like, how the news media is... Um, really emphasizing on um you know i don't know what, it's like since 9 11 that's when i started noticing it you know and like how the many times you would see like you know things to be afraid of and you know that's what happens in viva veneta is that you see it being used by the government as a tool to keep people in line but in the former United States, civil war continues to devastate the Midwest. Scientists attribute this latest water shortage to the lack of rainfall the last two years. Ministry officials expect water coupon prices to rise. Police have arrested nine suspects. Can you Police believe this shit? Reporting avian flu going on all summer. Outside the quarantine zone, a new airborne pathogen has killed 27 people. Authorities have uncovered new evidence linking the terrorist organization called V to the St. Mary's viral attack on London 14 years ago. Um, so it's very it, disturbing. In the movie, V for Vendetta, mm. the government re intentionally releases a plague mm. that they already had the uh, solution, the cure yeah, for. Yeah, and there's the guy, right? the guys are all profiting from it. Yeah, and all the people that profit from it are the ones who end up running the new government. And I found it interesting that it was released when? 2005. No, no, no. When did oh. the government release the plague in the movie? Um, I don't know. November the 5th, right? When he broke out of the... Oh, right, yeah. Right? Mm. And when did the plague in China start really gaining ground? What month? January. No. February. It was November of 2019. 
because the first cases were reported right after the Wuhan military games, which was October 18th, 2019. And then shortly after that, about two weeks later, which is around November 5th, you started having the cases start appearing on the world. Like, if you were paying attention to what was going on in China. I, I wasn't at the time. I and then everyone terrified. left China for the Chinese New Year ah. in December. Mm. And that's when it yeah. got spread to the rest of the world, right? Mm. But it rampaged China for a mm. while first, mm. right? And they were, like, locking people. And, and now, <clears throat> if you look at, like, I found watching V for Vendetta the other night with you really interesting because I hadn't seen it since The Plague. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff that they talk about, like, during Event 201 and like their little training videos they also mention like in the Viva Vendetta movie because they're like oh well, we can measure the populations like in they're talking about these subjects and like they're manipulating oh, yeah, and we see that like in in censoring yeah and, in Viva Vendetta they have the trucks go by and like they're listening to people and it's like the you know reports of like you know people are you know same because the um the first building is it the justice courts that gets blown up and then like immediately after like the it's like a monument that they created for the movie so it's like some mythical fake monument right because it was like a monument to the lost people of the plague it is to madame justice that i dedicate this concerto in honor of the holiday she seems to have taken from these parts, and in recognition of the imposter that stands in her stead. Oh, no, no, no. It's not, is it? I thought it was. It was Old Bailey's Church, but they had replaced the thing on top with, like, some new symbol of the plague oh, that he was destroying. Know. I don't know, but, like... Remember he has that little talk with her? He's yeah. like, we're taking down the symbol that they've, you know, replaced, or he's talking to Evie on the roof mm. about it. Yeah. Right. But I, I mean, I just think it's really like interesting how there's that the whole the whole plague thing is used as like a, a tool to repress the people. Mm -hmm. um, um, it's just interesting. I don't know. I don't know. It's just fictional, fictional world. Yeah. Like it's just a movie. Yes, of course. But a I movie... will just say yeah, in the ahead. movie itself. Evie mentions that her father was a writer, and what's the line that V says about, like, hiding? It happened to me, just as it happened to you. Shut up! I don't want to hear your lies! Your own father said that artists use lies to tell the truth. Yes, I created a lie, but because you believed it, you found something true about yourself. No! What was true in that cell is just as true now. Uh, uh I don't know, it's a... Like, hiding lies in truth or like hiding truth in lies or something like that i can't yeah. remember the exact line i'm sure you'll find it when you do the editing but um it's just interesting and that takes place in the shadow gallery mm -hmm. and what's v surrounded by but like these amazing paintings with hidden messages Oh um, yeah, this this it gets good. This like this so gets really good. <laughs> so this ties not only like this, <laughs> this gets really good. Like this gets really interesting. So what paintings were in the shadow gallery? Oh, I've made a list. 
Yeah. Um, so just interesting ones, <clears throat> but so for example, there's uh, the birth of Venus. The birth of Venus. Okay. Um, Botticelli. Which is a Botticelli uh, painting, mm. and that's found. That's like n near towards. I think there's one that is associated with Evie is a painting called um, Puberty, which is by Edvard Munch. Go back to the Botticelli Birth yeah. of Venus painting. Yes. But when was that used recently? Uh, On I'm... my documentary for InfoVoice. Why do you have to plug in things? I'm not. I'm like, just saying. I, like, okay. Pl if you why... can plug in anything, plug yeah, in but the why... Patreon. Yeah, but why did we use that? <laughs> because it's... Why did I use that on the info? I don't know, you one? tell me. Why because it's like a cicada, like it's one of the, the paintings that's a part of the cicada mm. 3301 puzzle, ARG thing, mm. right? So, so is one of the other paintings that you mm -hmm. found in there, right? On a friendly marriage. The what? <laughs> I can't pronounce things. <laughs> is <laughs> you... it? <laughs> On the family. The what? <laughs> I'm a professional. You can it's, a, it's, a, it's a Jan Van Eyck <laughs> painting called... <laughs> can I see how it's written? No. Okay. The Arno Lafini I said that. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I said. And you didn't listen to me, probably. <laughs> it's my accent. But why is that one an interesting painting, other than the fact that it's a Jan Van Eyck painting? Oh, there's so many things. Um, so, obviously, the main thing that I was, like, amazed by was the mirror behind the couple. Mm -hmm. um, and in the mirror, you can see their reflection. Did you notice that they're not holding hands in, the in their reflection, but they are holding hands in the foreground? That's probably some sort of symbolic. Yeah. Thing, but yeah. the, behind the couple, in front of them, in the mirror, we see two other figures. Mm -hmm. And there's speculation that one is the painter, and one is meant to represent us. Mm -hmm. um, so I just find that so deep. Like, even before we sort of go on to the other things in the painting, like, the that is like, to be able to do that level of detail yeah. in a painting. Um, like, so the before there were movies, there were paintings. Mm -hmm. So before we were having hidden messages in movies, we're having them in paintings. And it's been, this has been going on for like centuries. And that's yes. what is amazing to me is like, um, we think of like the hidden messages being like a modern thing. No. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. But there's just other things in the painting, like the woman is not actually alive at the time of the painting. She's meant to like his dead wife is she pregnant lots of people think she isn't but i think she actually is mm -hmm. um due to like how she's holding her belly in a protective way but what is she then pregnant with is she pregnant with a like a actual child or is the child meant to be like symbolic representation of christ or um is she like is she pregnant with like an idea or something you know Mm -hmm. And then there's the whole oranges on the windowsill, mm -hmm. and then also if you look outside in the window is a cherry tree, and it's all this like fruit and the fruit of knowledge and 
all that sort of stuff. Oh, and then there's just so much detail in it, like the saint behind her. And do you know what fruit was given to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden? It doesn't specify. It doesn't specify. That's right. Everyone assumes it's an apple, but it could be an orange. It could be anything. Could be it, anything. it might not even be like. It, it might just be they didn't know how to describe it, so they just thought it like this is a thing that in um, ancient cultures, like for like describing comets or what you know, they didn't know how to describe it, so they made it look like a dragon or something. So, like. Yeah. Or, like, chariots or stuff in the sky. Like, you go into the ancient alien type of thing, so... But, yeah. um... Well, back to the... the yes, The Jan the, van Eyck which painting, is which is in the shadow gallery mm. of V's underground little bunker there. And how it's positioned in the, <clears throat> so, in the film is that it's meant... Well, our attention's meant to be drawn on that, so there's certain mm. paintings that are in the foreground... Yeah. So the important thing for the Jan van Eyck paintings for me is Jan van Eyck is one of the most detailed painters of all time. Mm. Um, when you look at his works, as you notice, when you look in the very center of the painting, you have the mirror, which shows you the depth and all these other things, but it's also letting you know that this is a layered painting. Mm. And all of his paintings were layered. And when you look underneath the layers, you can find like encrypted things and mm. stuff of that nature, which is why we've been looking at Jan van Eyck's paintings, like the Ghent altarpiece, which ties back to like, you know, the Armas de Christi, right? Which is some of the most famous relics ever right? The stuff that held Jesus on the cross. Mm -hmm. And this is the stuff that like the Nazis and other people from the occult have always been interested in. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe <clears throat> the having the Arnolfini picture in there is like a reference to the occult sort of fascination with the Jan van Eyck work, much like they're also fascinated yeah. with Da Vinci, right? Mm. I think um, there's another painting that how, like I got down like went down a rabbit hole when I was like looking into it and that is uh, J.M.W. Turner's Burning of the Houses of Parliament I mean first yeah. off you're like oh okay yeah V wants to burn down that like destroy the Houses of Parliament it's actually 10 Downing Street in the graphic novel so, which is where the Prime Minister lives but I think it, they changed it I mean I guess you could say that must be because people don't really recognise Downing Street and they're more likely to recognise the Houses of Parliament. But mm. I think it's more symbolic, that decision, when you tie it into like Guy Forbes and everything. And also um, look into the history of what happened with the 1834 burning of the Houses of Parliament. So... Yeah, tell me more about that. <laughs> for like years there's been like... In the like, people had been complaining about how small and stuffy the um, chamber was, where they had their discussions, and like it was very tiny and like this smelly and <laughs> just unpleasant. Um, and I was looking on Wikipedia, and one of the um, the main people who was complaining 
So the Houses are the burning of Parliament. So one of the people who um, was calling for reforming it and uh, rebuilding was a radical MP called Joseph Hume. And I was like, interesting, I've never heard of this person. So I go to Joseph Hume and um, I'm looking him up and I find out that uh, he aimed to become the director of the East India Company. And if you go to his portrait... The East India Trading Company. <laughs> yeah. This is literally the Belt and Road Initiative banksters that I talk yeah. about all the time. So he... Um, so there's a tie there and he's the one saying like the, um, you know, calling for something to be done with Houses of Parliament. And you go to his portrait, which I linked you, and what he's got his hand... In, in the little satanic yeah. hidden hand gesture. So yeah. I'm just thinking it's a bit, that's just a coincidence, right? This guy, he's... Total coincidence. Yeah. It's coincidence theory. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, the cause of the um, fire of, of 1834 is apparently down to them destroying tally sticks. Yeah. Um, which you can explain what tally sticks okay, are. Okay, so tally sticks before <clears throat> the private federal reserve, you know, city of London, central bankers took over everything. Basically, all right, so how do I explain this? What happened was at the end of the Napoleon Wars, Rothschild had his agents at the battle, I think it was of Waterloo, and when that battle ended, Rothschild's agents and spies got back to England before the king's agents and spies. And that what he did with that information was <clears throat> Rothschild started very publicly selling off all of his like British war bonds, which mm. was the debt that he had bought up from the British government. And he crashed the market, making everyone think that England had lost and Napoleon had won. And therefore, the market just took an absolute dive. So while he was very publicly selling off his debt that he was holding, he was buying it back up at rock-bottom prices through agents. Mm. And then at the end of the day, Rothschild held almost all of the war debt over the British government, and he made a deal with the Queen of England to create what's called the Bank of England which now is what creates the money in England, and it's a private bank, a central mm -hmm. private bank, much like the Federal Reserve, right? We have the same awful Rothschild banking system in America now. And we actually fought the Revolutionary War to get free of this banking system. This is a whole thing we don't need to get into right now, yeah. but the tally sticks were <clears throat> the currency used prior to the central bankers taking over and tally sticks could be made by anyone skilled enough to make a tally stick yeah which is just like a form of you know you had so much credit on the tally stick and one person held one and then you would notch on your tally stick as you spent right mm -hmm. and this got they got rid of this and replaced it with like you know the private central banking system mm -hmm. but of course they would blame the the fire in parliament on the previous currency that they yeah, wanted to get rid of anyways the laborers who were accused of um stoking the flames and put burning too much or um were too irish 
laborers. And I think oh, there's yeah, an interesting connection with the Vendetta is the uh, police detective when he's being questioned by uh, Crowley, mm-hmm. who is like the head of the secret police. And uh, he mentioned his mother being Irish. It's like they're trying, you know, it's like pinning the blame on the Irish again, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, sort of that sort of history. I mean, that's maybe just a throwaway comment, but I mean, it kind of made me think it's like, you know, it, you just have these, like, throughout history, you have, like, um, what had took place with, in, in, with the Reichstag burning, you know, in the when Hitler rose to power, like the it's like a it's like a, a tool book of like fascism. <laughs> it's like, uh, well, we just release the plague, tick, burn down the government building, tick, <laughs> you know. Um, so it just seems that these things. Think about what's happened in America since 2019. Oh, yeah. We had the plague get released, mm-hmm. which is then led to an economic collapse and yeah. a completely rigged election. So, yeah, when you... And when, then we had our capital uh, ransacked by federal agents, <clears throat> InfoWars agents, okay? And since then, we've had our rights to even go to those buildings and protest revoked. We've had people getting their doors kicked in for having wrong political belief. And we've had all types of abuse by the federal, you know, police authority, the FBI, against Mm. conservatives, right? Which is similar to what you saw in V for Vendetta. Because you had, like, the government going around after the plague and rounding up people that were Mm. politically opposed to the new government. They promote authoritarian leaders and they fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights, to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. Frightening. While things like Northfire and the Articles of Allegiance became powerful, I remember how different it became dangerous. I still don't understand it. Why they hate us so much. They took Ruth while she was out buying food. I've never cried so hard in my life. It wasn't long till they came for me. Yeah. Right. And is it interesting, like, in the, like, 1920s, so after World War One, you had the Spanish flu, mm-hmm. and then that led to, like, the economy crashing in like places like Germany which was then the Weimar Republic mm-hmm. so it's like a sort of I don't know whether it's just like a history repeating itself but it seems to be like the same thing that's like taking place at the moment you know mm-hmm. um, anyway back to the Houses of Parliament getting burnt down so I don't I personally don't buy the story that it was just them burning tally sticks and burning too much you know yeah that's a total it just seems like a bit... that's just a smear job for tally sticks and yeah like the know. same sort of thing it wasn't like a communist burning down the right stag you know it was clearly organized by people and attempting to get into power 
But um, so the houses of parliament were rebuilt, mm-hmm. and it was rebuilt by a man called Charles Barry. And now I just want to show you this picture that of Charles Barry. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So With the Freemason stuff. <laughs> it's just like okay, like yeah. do you see this like a little connection there? So I feel like the paintings in Viva Vendetta. You know, I was found a website and they were sort of like speculating why but nobody had made these connections they were like oh maybe this just represents like oh the the you know the venus painting it's it's evie being you know waking Mm. up and being emerged into it's like yeah you could buy that or you could like actually go and research into like these the the more depth and like the history behind why these paintings were made and like the whole 1834 parliament thing you know why why that painting i mean i guess you know that's what what you know happens in the end of the film is the you know they get blown up but um it just seems really odd i'm sure they could have got a painting which is to do with guy fawkes or something yeah, and we haven't even got into the guy force. <laughs> yeah, we but... haven't got. We'll get into him. It's in a just here. like we're still in the eighteen hundreds at the moment. Yeah. We're not got back to that. So, <laughs> so, so in the movie V for Vendetta, yeah. Guy Fox and all of them are painted as like the good guys, mm. right? They're they're made out to be like these heroes, and V is like trying to redo what they did. Mm. But was the Jesuit treason? also known as the gunpowder plot Hmm. was that a good thing or was that being done by nefarious people for nefarious purposes i I just want to say it was a bad thing because they were trying to blow up my great 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 uncle Uncle? (laughs) like i don't know how i fall into it but uh, his his grandfather was James the Fifth of Scotland, mm-hmm. um, so he was James the Sixth of Scotland and James the First of England. And the two nations became like united mm-hmm. over that um, because when the Tudor dynasty died out with Elizabeth the First, they didn't have she didn't have an heir, mm-hmm. so uh, it would went to her her cousin, I think. So anyway, um, James the Fifth. James the first grandfather had an illegitimate child. This is nothing to... I just like this history because I like family history. But he had an illegitimate child and I can trace my <laughs> family tree back to that illegitimate bastard. Yeah, so you're legitimately <laughs> S- Scottish royalty <laughs> is sitting here telling you guys about the inner secrets of the monarchy. Okay. I just think with... Elizabeth first passing, uh, Elizabeth the second passing. Sorry, um, I, I I'm a little bit closer to the throne now. Yeah, just one one. We just gotta wipe out the rest of the world. Like, Watch your get our blue, get our blue face paint and go Scottish on them. Yeah, let's get long shanks. <laughs> but, Anyways, so um, yes, King they, James. They were bad. What was King James? What did he uh, commission? Uh, James, King James Bible. That's right, the King James Bible, which is now considered by many to be the King James version of the Bible. It's mm. considered to be the most accurate English version of the Bible. 
Mm. Right? And so it was rich in the English, making it more accessible to the English people because had previously it been written in Latin. Mm-hmm. And the the Vatican didn't want this because of what the Bible says about the Vatican. So the Jesuits <laughs> Well what does it say about what does the, the Bible say about the Vatican? Okay. Um, uh, aren't they basically meant to be perceived as the whore of Babylon? Yes. Vatican is the whore kind of Babylon. Ties back to nine And days. I quote from the Bible, okay? <laughs> upon, and upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Revelation 17, 5. And then there's... And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus, Revelation 17, 6. So what they're describing is Mystery Babylon, which is the Vatican. It's built on seven hills. Just mm. well, it's, it's, It is what it is. Like There's no way to even deny it. And that's why the Vatican was so desperate to make sure that no one would ever be able to read the Bible. Mm. They wanted to keep it in Latin for a very long time and that's what like the entire protestant which means protest hmm. reformation was about was printing the bible in english right hmm. so like the jesuits with um guy fox and his compatriot there uh i can't remember his name doesn't matter uh <laughs> gates or something like yeah, that I robert think... gates or yeah. something of that nature they basically their entire plot the gunpowder treason and plot was to kill the king king james and wipe out everyone in parliament at once in january 1604 king james the first conveyed at hampton court palace for a discussion with representatives of the church of england including the leading English Puritans. This meeting was to set forth a decree that would impact the entire world for the next 500 years, the creation of the King James Bible. A few months later, on Sunday the 20th of May, in the well-to-do Strand District of London, gunpowder plot mastermind Robert Catesby met with Thomas Winter, John Wright, Thomas Percy and the infamous Guy Fox at an inn called the Duck and Drake. Alone in a private room, all swore an oath of secrecy on a prayer book and celebrated mass with the Jesuit priest and friend to Catesby, John Gerard. Once summer had come, Catesby met with the Jesuit superior of the realm of England, Henry Garnett, and put their plans into place for the blowing up of Parliament and the King with it, his heirs, lords, bishops and the commons, making up over 200 people, one of which was Richard Bancroft, Archbishop of Canterbury and the chief overseer of the production of the King James Bible. One third of the translating team of the KJV were also in jeopardy of the conspiracy against the King. The translation of the King James Bible was already underway by the end of 1604 which would have stopped the commission of the King James Bible because the main translator that was working on that was in the parliament building, hmm. right? So they were trying to kill the king and the people creating this new Bible, right? And Alan Moore then makes this, this 
you know, novel about this, and he turns Guy Fox into the hero, hmm. right? Because Alan Moore is a Satanist. <laughs> dun dun dun. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and that's not controversial to say. No, he it's openly on his admits, Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah, he openly advocates for this, okay? Yeah. And he's also a total creep. So, what did you find out about Alan Moore that I I was, like, shocked by? Okay, so he has this, um, another graphic novel which is called Lost Girls, and it's about, um, Wendy from Peter Pan. Okay. Wendy from Peter Pan. Sounds nice. Is it a kid's novel? Mm, No. No? Okay. (laughs) It has Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. Oh, another kid's... Did he come up with these characters? No, he's, no. he rips off characters all the time and doesn't uh. credit people. So he's, you know, I, I linked you a really good, like, video that I saw, which I hope we get we include, but for people to actually go look. So even if you were like, oh, he's just joking about the Satan worshipping stuff, he's still a horrible person because he steals people's ideas, he doesn't credit them, he makes out he's a victim because you know the whole contract thing with warner brothers and dc but he no one else has had an issue none of his other co-authors none of his illustrators nobody has an issue it's it's his like oh grumpy sort of they didn't let my wife they didn't like commission her comic all about scientology or whatever it was so you know, um, you know, so hard done by. Fuck you, Alan Moore. Anyway, <laughs> you're not hard done by. You're an absolute creep. Back to Lost Girls. You gotta be really creepy to get her to say that to you, by the way. <laughs> Back to Lost Girls. So you have Alice also. And it's them as adults talking about their childhood sexual adventures. Stuff where Wendy gets, like, raped by Captain Hook. And what? Um, Captain Hook would never do that. Uh, Dorothy is like raped by the Tin Man. Like all this awful, awful, awful stuff. You, you were looking at Who me is like Alan Moore. Like I, where does he come up actual, with this? You can go to the synopsis and read this. Um, <laughs> so not only is he not original, he's also got like creepy rape fantasies. Okay. And the the you know I don't understand how this man is celebrated. I mean, I do understand because we're morally corrupt as a society, so um, that's why he's celebrated, you know, like, Yay. like, you know, the creepy Satanist, yeah. Alan Moore. It's a, it's a whole thing with like his work. So even <laughs> if he hadn't made Lost Girls, um, in Viva Vendetta, Evie is a 16 year old prostitute. So she doesn't have, she's not a huge. A, an actual character who is like a grown up with a career like she is in the movie, you know, she's like, it's it's fu- fucking weird. A child um, prostitute, which is not an actual thing, because child prostitutes are what Alan Dershowitz calls them. They're, and no, no, they're, they're not. They're, they're, they're victims. Yeah, right? they're victims, and they're hum- it's human trafficking and sexual trafficking. Yeah, you can't be a child there's no such thing as a child prostitute you're just a victim yeah like it's it's not a thing like i don't know where these creepers come up with these terms but anyway so and then also all the the sexual uh stuff that happens in watchmen with um is it silk spectra 
I think her mother is raped yeah. um, by the comedian. I just don't know why anyone would want to wa- read this. And we're talk like I see stuff about what how you know feminists complaining about like how these characters are presented in the film in terms of their physical appearance. Yeah. But where is like the discussion about Alan Moore and how he writes his character female characters? And I I don't mean to like do the whole get on my soapbox type of thing, but you know it is messed up and weird, and I don't understand how he is. Like, people say he's a genius. It's not a genius thing to do. It's it's disgusting, and I, I don't know why anyone would want to read Lost Girls and think that's entertainment. It's yeah. absolutely disgusting, and I'm sorry, but it doesn't surprise me that he, you know, takes Guy Fawkes, who was, you know, part of this, you know, whole treason plot to kill the king and stop the the bible because you know that to him that is his yeah. hero and uh you know i think v in the movie like i find the movie what i like about the movie is that it's like this religious sort of epiphany that evie has because she has that moment where she says god is in the rain and i can't i don't know i'm not read the novel but i can't see whether that would have been included by more because it doesn't feel like it would be due to what it is. To me, that's a very poetic and powerful moment. in the original novel right that Mm. scene where she's like god is in the rain and why do i doubt that because what is in the original novel is him quoting alistair crowley because he's a big time satanist Mm. And, and another thing that's in the movie which is like a recurring theme of the movie is um the color scheme Hmm. Which is red, black, and white, right? <laughs> Interesting. Recently, when some, you know. uh, Joe Biden was up there doing the same exact color scheme, but like that's a well-known. Like if you look at like the Satanic Temple or mm-hmm. any of like the big Satanic organizations, they all use that color scheme of red, black, and white. I don't. I tried to look up why before the show, and I found like some interesting having to do with like the elements of life type nonsense answers Mm. um i couldn't really come up with like a definitive reason why they use those colors i I know i know like a party in the 1930s that came to power that you know liked black and red as well who was that uh the nazis oh i didn't know is that the colors they use oh yeah that's right i should know that yeah they use the same colors (laughs) 
And they were obsessed with the occult as well. Mm, it seems to be a thing where it's like any sort of like totalitarian government, like look at the Soviets, you know, they love the, their red as well. Like, yeah. you know, so I don't think it, they often say, oh, it's the color of revolution, but who, who's revolution? Well, I mean, it's on the American flag too. We have red. Yeah, but that's... So does the British thing. Yeah, but right? I, it's, just, it's like... It's not all red, do you know what I mean? It's like not yeah. all red background. It's like, you know, blue and white, you know. Like, yeah. pretty colours. Sure. <laughs> Balance it out. <laughs> Nobody yeah, but... wants to be, like, in a country where they're, like... <laughs> their flag is, like, yeah. pure red. And you're just like, oh, that's yeah. a bit alarming. That's true, yeah. <laughs> Unless you're in China, then it's, like, basically pure red with these little stars, right? So... In the, um, well, I mean, actually, I'll, I'll just quote this. So we're talking about the gunpowder plot, mm. right? And the quote from one of the people who investigated it, a Sir Edward Koch, on the gunpowder plot trial states, I never yet knew a treason without a Romish priest, but in this there are very many Jesuits who are known to have dealt and passed through the whole action. Sir Edward Koch on the gunpowder plot trial, right? So it was a Jesuit plot, right? Mm. Um, and then the Jesuits were all tied into the occult, all these things. And Alan Moore, like, there's a scene in the movie where V is, like, getting ready or whatever, and then there's that mirror mm. that has the saying on top of it. The very By the power of truth, I, while living, have conquered the universe. Personal motto? From Faust. That's about trying to cheat the devil, isn't it? It is. And speaking of the devil, I was wondering if your offer to help was still standing. Of course. It mm. And that saying is also, I believe, in the comic, like V says it or something. And it comes directly from an Aleister Crowley uh, writing, mm. but they attribute it to Faust which is the play about the Faustian deal, right? Where you're like Jimmy Fat, like the Jimmy Fallon is the perfect example of the Faustian deal, right? Jimmy Fallon sold his soul for fame, but he has to look like an idiot, <laughs> right? Huh. So the devil is like, yes, Jimmy Fallon, I'll take your soul. You can be famous, but you also have to look like an idiot, right? Mm -hmm. That's like the Faustian kind of deal, right? And... They reference that, but that's not what that quote comes from on the mirror. So the quote on the mirror is, V very veniversum vivus vici, right? Which comes from this thing from Aleister Crowley, where <clears throat> he writes, His name shall be called Vir, man, and this, power, and virus, poison, in Virtus Manliness, in Virialis Green, in one name that is all these, and above all these, the motto of the seer as Magister Templi, V, 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 five times. In the vision and the voice, the cry of the fourth ether, dated December the 16th, 1909, Crowley writes,
Crowley was initiated into the seventh degree of the OTO by Theodore Ross. Theodore Ross in past time met with the French occultist and physician Gerard Oncas, perhaps better known by his pen name, Papis. Although not a member of a regular Masonic order, he had founded two occult fraternities, the Martinus Group and the Rosicrucian Kabbalistic Order of the Rosen Cross. In addition, he was a member of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn and a bishop in a Neo-Gnostic church. On Cass, provided Ross with a charter dated June 24, 1901, designating him Special Inspector for the Martinist Order in Germany. He also assisted Rouse in the formation of the OTO, Gnostic Catholic Church. Crowley himself later wrote the ritual to the Gnostic Mass. Crowley wrote in the Confessions of Alistair Crowley, the ritual of the Gnostic Catholic Church, I prepared for the use of the OTO, the central ceremony of its public and private celebration, corresponding to the Mass of the Roman Catholic Church. There is no difference between the Gnostic Catholic Church and the Church claiming to be Christian. It's interesting, you said poison in that. Mm-hmm. And that, like, what is, what's poisonous? A virus. Yeah. And that's like, I don't know. It's just, like, when you said that, I was like, ooh, that gave me chills, like, you know. If you want to have chills, go read the, the Jesuit Oath. Talks about how they're allowed to like do all types of horrible things to advance the Pope's interests, right? Not not to advance God's interests, to advance mm-hmm. the interests of the Pope, who mm-hmm. they all take a like oath to, and they're allowed to lie as long as they're telling the truth to themselves and God, which is called the uh, equivocation or something like mm-hmm. that which also in the Muslim world is called taqiyya. This, coupled with the doctrine of equivocation, wherein it is permissible to say one thing outwardly and conceal the truth, whilst in your own mind saying the actual truth to yourself and to God. A strikingly similar doctrine to that of the Muslim taqiyya, which is an Islamic juridical term whose shifting meaning relates to when a Muslim is allowed under Sharia law to lie. Both doctrines are even listed on the See Other links on each other's wiki pages. Which came first, the Catholic or the Muslim? Equivocation and taqiyya is permission to lie. This is exactly how Protestant Christians viewed Papist equivocation as an excuse to outright lie. And, like, if you really look back at the creation of Islam, which is featured in V for Vendetta, right? Because the actor has that Quran. Yeah, yeah, he has the Quran in his house, right? Mm. And they're once again trying to prop up Islam as, like, this wonderful thing. Mm right? Islam was basically created by the Vatican. Muhammad's first wife was a uh, priestess from like, she was like a nun or whatever from like the Roman families and she financed Muhammad. Without the Romans and this his first much older wife 
financing Muhammad, he never would have ever been a thing mm -hmm. because he needed that money to raise an army in the like spreading of Islam happened through force, not through like them being persecuted. Like when Christianity spread, it was mm -hmm. because Christians were being persecuted and the Bible said that would happen. Islam spread by force. It was mm -hmm. always like, we're just going to like come and destroy you. And now you have to be Islam. Right. And that was funded by this nun that was Muhammad's first wife. Right. And that's why you have these carryovers from like Christianity into Islam. I, I mean, I will say like, I do feel like the Viva Vendetta, the film does talk. Sorry, let's go back. Let's try and go back to the yeah, <laughs> I love it when you to go on this little like I find it interesting. Anyway, I do find it interesting with Vendetta that there is, um, like the the stuff that they talk about, like the people who are um, the story of Valerie. I found that quite moving. Like I do, like mm -hmm. I I kind of guess it like in what they're saying, like historically. You know what happened with like the people who were put in the concentration camps they were they weren't just the Jewish people but they were also like homosexuals they were you know um mostly it was Eastern European Slavic people mm, yeah actually yeah it was like the most people killed was like yeah. Slavic people from like east Western Russia and yeah Ukraine and stuff yeah and it was like you know so just the political aspect as well and like you know the stuff that they did to like disabled people which seems to get missed off and like, all this sort of stuff it wasn't just you know it was a, a whole bunch of people i think viva vendetta brings that in as well and discusses that mm -hmm. you know so it's like and yeah. the fact that we don't know his who he is you know who v actually is is interesting like who who is this person so who is v well, it's we, not determined. You never no. find that out, do you? No. Um, and then there's an interesting thing where it's the MK Ultra mind uh, wiping and brainwashing aspect to it because um, the doctor who we hear of her journal, yeah, um, she was like, he doesn't even recall his name or his past, mm -hmm. and. Uh, Evie goes through the same sort of thing where she's, you know, V does what, I guess without doing the, um, well we don't really know whether he does anything like the blood work or whatever they were experimenting on her. No, That's never alluded that, yeah. to, but he basically says like he put her through what he went through. Mm -hmm. So I wonder whether there's like, you know, whether there was, because she says that you know, people don't recognize her after that. Like, it's almost like she's gone through a transformation where she, you know, is reborn. And, but, um, and one of the things they focus on right before she gets abducted is the butterflies over the jukebox. Mm. And then when she comes out, like, he goes over, and one of the things is like the jukebox is like glowing really bright. Mm, and, and the like, music, like, you the, can see yeah. the butterflies again. So, like, yeah. obviously, it's a reference to Monarch, mm -hmm. which is the new that's what MK Ultra became. It came Monarch mm -hmm. Mind Control. Mm -hmm. So, like, obviously, I think that it's a reference to that for sure. Yeah. Right. 
and it's in, I think the song is Crimea River, but I, I don't know, like, that's a very interesting choice of song, I don't know what that, like, I haven't looked into that, but I wonder if there's anything to that, yeah, to I don't that, know. So. Um, <clears throat> what else is in there? There's so much in this movie, let's get into... We should talk about the Voice of London, um, the, the guy who is the media personality, the sort of Tucker Carlson... Alex Jones, Piers Morgan yeah. character. The over-the-top character that... Watches himself yeah. in the shower. <laughs> it's like... And his accomplice, Evie Hammond, Leo Demagogue, spouting their message of hate, a delusional and aberrant voice, delivering a terrorist ultimatum. An ultimatum is met with swift and surgically precise justice. Now, the story, ladies and gentlemen, is... Good guys win. Bad guys lose, and as always, England prevails. Holy Christ! He's like, I, I know what's good for this country. <laughs> like, I could absolutely I'm proud of see being British and, like, Alex Jones being that guy. <laughs> I can see Alex Jones watching himself in the shower, like all fired oh, up. Oh, oh. I don't want to picture him like, naked. <laughs> I now know. I have that image in my head. <laughs> He's in the shower, being like, I will eat that. Let this. Ass. <laughs> <laughs> do you think he uh, refers to himself in like third person yes it's like looking yeah. in the mirror going like Alex you did a good job today <laughs> we defeated the Illuminati elite <laughs> we exposed the interdimensional demons but I and the fact that that I can't remember the character's name now but he's also the commander of the the camp Lark uh, Lark Hill Lark Hill yeah um, is it commander Prothero is that his name can't yeah. remember. But also, what did he have stocks and shares in was the cure to the virus, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah, they all had stock in the big company that ended up having the cure by some, you know... Miracle. And not long after the election, lo and behold, a miracle. Some believed it was the work of God himself. But it was a pharmaceutical company controlled by certain party members that made them all obscenely rich. Miracle, which is exactly what happened with the Koof Koof plague, because all of the politicians that enacted the lockdowns and the mandates all just happened to have stock in the companies that benefited from but this. But you guys, you were too slow, okay? So it's your own fault, all right? You gotta scooch that. No, I'm. <laughs> People are too slow. They needed to be up on that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. But <laughs> um, I just thought his character is so. <laughs> it's just like spousing fear and like you know. Um, Dividing the nation yeah. with like really heated talking points. Yeah. Right. And he's like, you know makes out that he's just a man of the people but he's like living in this like you know wealthy sort of yeah <laughs> and then he gets killed so i you know that was nice mm -hmm. he, he totally deserved that uh, they all do the creepy um priest or mm -hmm. like archbishop or whatever he's meant to be you know who's uh into I mean, he, him and Alan Moore have a lot in common. They're both creeps. Yeah. So. She has arrived, but there was some confusion at the agency, and they've sent a new girl who I'm afraid is a little older than usual. Older? Oh dear, she's not too old, I trust. That is for your grace to decide. 
your grace. But Alan Moore, of course, painted the Catholic Church as being the creepy ones, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what they always do. They're always these Satanists are always like, well, the Catholic Church is bad, therefore Christianity is bad. It's, it's not how it works. The Catholic Church isn't even Christian. Hmm. So, oh, it's like it's like Rosemary's Baby. We're you know like how that was. Same thing, yeah. same theme. They always point at the bad parts of the Catholic Church and then try to equate that to the entire religion. Hmm. When the Catholic Church is run by a bunch of creepy old men, yeah, right, that wear like wizard robes and do weird rituals, <laughs> <laughs> like Aleister Crowley and. Um, <clears throat> who was the guy that came after him? Oh, they, Anton LaVey. Not LaVey. Um, it doesn't matter, but they, they created the Ordo Templi Orientis, and with that, they created the, like, rituals for that from the Catholic Mass. Like, it's literally the Catholic Mass, which is, like, the same thing as what the Satanists do for their mass hmm. like their black mass it's basically the same thing it's just like slightly different yeah. because like the bible doesn't say to like drink the blood of christ i mean it's just it's just a bit weird <laughs> like... yeah, don't don't drink blood just full stop <laughs> yeah it's just, just don't. like the whole thing is weird it's you know organized religion is very strange um <clears throat> anyway um so it's i just think it's how these media personalities like take Tucker Carlson for example like people just tune in to watch him you know and it's like what is he really saying not much what's he really doing to make the world a better place he's not doing anything he's just profiting from you know people's fears and anxieties and you know he's just uh, does he believe in what he says? No, I don't believe he believes in any of what he says. It's the same with... But then you go to... It's not just him on the right. You go to, like, the left and you have, like, um... Rachel... Rachel... Any of them. Yeah, any Rachel Madawa, I can't remember her name. But yeah. they also have the same stuff, but they're just saying the opposite, you know? Yeah. It's like... Why why watch somebody... Well, I thought it was really... about that stuff. It's just... I thought it was really interesting. In In V for Vendetta, America is in what? A civil war. I read that the former United States is so desperate for medical supplies that they have allegedly sent several containers filled with wheat and tobacco. A gesture, they said, of goodwill. Did you like that? USA, Alcid Sphincter of Arcerica. I mean, what else can you say? He was a country that had everything, absolutely everything. And now, 20 years later, is what? The world's biggest leper colony. Why? Godlessness. Let me say that again. Godlessness. It wasn't the war they started. It wasn't the plague they created. It was judgment. Yeah. So as you're saying... <laughs> Same with, like, children and men. Like, yeah. So the, the rest of the world has collapsed, but Britain, Britain's going on, so yeah, good old blighty. As you're saying right now, <laughs> and you're talking about these media characters mm. in the film and how they are, like, portraying these people on the extremes, mm. that's what's actually happening in our mm. real world because we have these people on either ends of the spectrum, far left, far right, mm. and they're creating a divide and almost seems like they're trying to create a civil war 
hmm. right? Because they're not trying to bring people back together in America. Right. They're just constantly finding new interesting ways to get triggered about what the other side is doing. Hmm. And then those are the voices most amplified are the ones the most extreme on both sides mm. where you have people in the middle like you and I which are kind of like moderates and we're just silenced and not heard I, from I, I don't really associate myself <clears throat> with anything because like n no one out there is representing what I generally feel so exactly. <clears throat> I'm just right. a neutral I'm like Switzerland yeah like you don't <laughs> can't really support analogy. either political <laughs> side because the left and the right are both crazy right um, so Anyway, back to the back to something. Yeah, back to the vendetta. <laughs> like, there's a bunch of stuff in this movie I thought was excellent. So, can we talk about um, the ending um, with the, everybody donning the the mask and um, you know uh, approaching, you know, r rising up? Not okay, really. Yeah. It's not a threatening thing. They're just walking, you know, all wearing the same the same mask. It feels very like peaceful you know and well, it's that's a, like a, a, like how protesting should be how revolution <clears throat> should be you know it's just about all people coming together with a common idea and that is you know um what evie says you know he was me he was you he was you know mm -hmm. she's talking about who v was was he wasn't any he wasn't just a person he was an idea mm -hmm. and that's why, like, so many of the lines from this movie have become, like, a part of what was anonymous, mm -hmm. and then anonymous used some of those ideas, like, when V goes up to him and he's like, ideas are bulletproof, mm -hmm. right? And that's true, like, ideas are bulletproof, and, like, if you... Why won't you die? Beneath this mask there is more than flesh. Beneath this mask, there is an idea, Mr. Creedy. And ideas are bulletproof. If you follow, like, the anonymous idea, which mm -hmm. is, like, just an idea, it's something that can't be destroyed or infiltrated because it's just the idea of being free and having your natural rights. And, like, that'll always exist. There'll always be that like inch inside people mm. that want freedom and want to express their beliefs and those types of things and this movie captured a lot of that sort of like feeling mm -hmm. um and there's a lot of great lines with that kind of stuff in this movie and the dd like the end of the movie like why did anonymous decide to use the v for vendetta symbolism Okay, so a lot of people don't know this because a lot of people don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> but I'm actually good friends with two out of nine of the people that were in the IRC chat room when it was decided Anonymous would use the V for Vendetta symbolism. Mm. And basically it went along the lines of a chat that was like, what are we going to use for our symbols? We don't really have anything. Like, we need something to kind of unify around. And then Grim Reaper, who's this dude on Twitter, if you go look at his Twitter account, like, you'll see he makes, like, this artwork from V for Vendetta and stuff. He was like, oh, let's use the V for Vendetta stuff. And then they were like, oh, yeah, the scene at the end of the movie where everyone comes out and, like, DDoS attacks. Mm -hmm. 
Enemy is approaching fast. Requesting orders. General, what should we do? There's no response from command. Or from party leader, Creedy. Or from the High Chancellor. Why are you doing this? Because he was right. About what? That this country needs more than a building right now. It needs hope. just like flooding the street with too mm. many people mm. it's like you said it's a peaceful way of mm. protesting and i always thought that ddosing stuff was peaceful because mm. if you ddos a website all you're doing is sending too much traffic for the website to handle mm. as soon as you stop doing that the website comes right back up no one's been harmed nothing's been damaged mm. right but they call this stuff hacktivism, and they, like, tried to throw people in jail for hundreds of years for doing what I consider to be free speech. If you click a bunch of times on a website, <laughs> or you set up a program to click a bunch of times on a website, mm. that's just free speech, mm. right? And that's why Anonymous used the symbolisms from Beef Vendetta. Mm. It has nothing to do with the Jesuit conspiracy or all these other things that people have postulated about it. Anonymous chose the Beef Vendetta symbolism because of the scene at the end of the movie where everyone DDoS the streets. Mm. And then after the attack yeah. was successful, everyone removed their masks mm. showing who they were. Which was eventually supposed to be what Anonymous was going to be. Everyone was going to join Anonymous. We were going to take the country back. And then at the end, we'd all show who we were. Mm. Right? That didn't happen because the feds infiltrated Anonymous and destroyed it from within. Right? I mean, I, th I think what is kind of moving in the movie um, is that when, you know, when they take off the masks and it's people who have been killed in the movie are there. Yeah, that's yeah. super, like... You know, awesome. I find that scene with the the girl, the little girl with the glasses, when she's mm -hmm. like, she she's like a recurring character, mm -hmm. and she's the one, you know, so she's like doing the graffiti, and she's the one like running around, and she gets shot, mm -hmm. and I think that's like kind of like how, you know, symbolic of like how innocence is, the, you know, the first thing to be destroyed, you know, and yeah, um, it's. It's like they could have chosen any anyone to get shot, and that spirals what happens. Um, but there's something about that, like that girl. She's you know she's not she's from the working class family. You know we see her and like her parents. You know there's beer bottles and stuff in you know in the background when they're watching TV and things. And um, it's not like she comes from the middle class family so it's it's good to sort of like see like i don't know like working class revolution sort of like happening so mm -hmm. i mean uh, i thought it was also interesting which is similar to children of men where you mm -hmm. have scenes where 
it's you watching the audience watching mm. what's going on on the screen, right? Yeah, yeah. I do really like those scenes where, like, you know, when Gordon does his like little comedy show, mm-hmm. and it's like he pulls up, like, has the chancellor on, and then like, let's see who's this under the mask, and it's him. Yeah, you know, he's the imposter. And yeah. can I just talk about like the genius of having John Hurt? Cast in that role because yes. he was um, Winston Smith in the 1984 version of 1984. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, and he's, you know, no longer with us, but he was a really good actor. So he. And he was really good in V for Vendetta. He's so good. He was great. I love. As the authenticity of this document cannot be verified, it could be an elaborate forgery created by the terrorist as easily as it could be the deranged fantasy of a former party member who resigned for psychological reasons. Any discussion of this document or its contents will be regarded at the very least as an act of sedition, if not a willful act of treason. Is that understood, Mr. Finch? Yes, sir. You would do well, Inspector, to put it out of your mind. Of the bit where <laughs> he's just like having the milk and he just like breaks. <laughs> Come on, look, like, what is it about grown men drinking milk? It's yeah. not, it's not a good look. But I mean, any the, kind of milk. This movie has like some epic stuff in it, mm. like the the scene where V takes over the TV system mm. and it's like V for v, and he's like doing the speech. Mm. That's like one of the most epic speech moments mm. of all time. Yeah. And like, if you listen to what he says in the speech. It could apply to our country today. By taking some time out of our daily lives to sit down and have a little chat. There are, of course, those who do not want us to speak. We think, just let me think. Respect even now, orders are being shouted into telephones and men with guns will soon be on their way. It's Chancellor Sutler. Damn it! Why? Because while the truncheon may be used in lieu of conversation, words will always retain their power. Words are for the means to meaning, and for those who will listen, the enunciation of truth. And the truth is, there is something terribly wrong with this country, isn't there? You designed it, sir. You wanted it foolproof. You told me every television in London. Cruelty and injustice, intolerance and oppression. And where once you had the freedom to object, to think and speak as you saw fit, you now have sensors and systems of surveillance coercing your conformity and selecting your submission. We need cameras. How did this happen? Who's to blame? Well, certainly there are those who are more responsible than others, and they will be held accountable. But again, truth be told, if you're looking for the guilty, you need only look into a mirror. But you could take that and apply that to England or America or anywhere in the world mm. today. Like, those exact things he says in that speech mm. apply to our world today. And it's, like, one of the most moving things I've ever seen in a movie. Where it's, mm. like, that's, like, if I could do anything with my YouTube career, it would be, like, that. Like, take over the system and just give one message to everyone to wake them up. Yeah. Right? Mm. It's fantastic. And I, I also love like the um the like the way that they do everything. So like it's so unexpected, like all of a sudden everyone gets masks inside the film studio. <laughs> yeah. And then later in the movie he ships out like hundreds of thousands of masks <laughs> to everyone in London. I mean, it's very good at planning these things. I feel like 
it's not just him though. I I feel like the because I was watching the scene where he's um, Evie is you know uh, has been captured mm-hmm. and her hair shaved off, and but the person who, who's shaving her hair is wearing gloves and their hands are normal. Yeah, I did notice that. So, but when we see V, he's got burnt red hands. Burnt red hands. So. Does he? Is there other people working? Was that a mistake in the film, or was that alluding to V is working with other people? Yeah. And the the question I've always had with the movie is like, how the hell? They never explain it correctly. Hmm. How the hell did V get any money to do all the stuff that he's doing? (laughs) A like, where did he get the money to buy the Shadow Gallery, or Hmm. did he just? You just, discover it yeah. and then turn it in. But then when he get all the money to get all the other stuff that he had? Because they say, like, he get all the stuff, like the bombs and stuff, was just stuff you buy over the counter. But what's yeah. he buying? How is he buying yeah, that? Where is he getting the money to do anything? Yeah, and what's he going out with? Like, and another thing is, is he a hacker? Because, like, how does he get into the computer systems of the government mm. to, like, remember the detectives find that, like, thing about Rockwell? Mm. And it's, like, meet me at this park or whatever. Yeah. How the hell did he get into the, like, computer system to do that? He must be a hacker? Or is he working with hackers? They never explain yeah, there's more, any of this. There's got to be more than one person. There's no right? way that he's doing all that, you know? And, and he did the whole tunnel all the way to Parliament by himself? <laughs> yeah. Like, Doesn't make any sense. I think he... Had... I guess it would take, like, seven years by yourself to do that, but... Yeah. Wouldn't you need tools and, like, heavy machinery? Yeah, and not... Where do you get the train from? <laughs> so many questions. Right? Like... Yeah, I just think... It, I just thought I found, like, the hand thing. I just like... I don't think that's, like, something that just gets overlooked. Like, in editing... You know, when editing something, you would be like, oh, wait a second. So I do think there's, like... More people involved? More people involved. Another question I had about it is, is, Mm -hmm. like, so he didn't know he was going to take Evie back to the Shadow Gallery, right? Mm. That was, like, a coincidence thing that happened because she knocked out the guy in the the studio. Mm. Um, So... But he had clothes for her. Did he? Yeah, she had clothes. He had clothes for already... And did he build the prison thing in the shadow gallery <laughs> yeah, after she was there? Or was that always was there? That? And he, like, occasionally would be like, I want to go have that experience again. And he'd, like, <laughs> lock himself in for Ah, the night. good old days. Ah, oh, I remember this. And he'd, like, pass himself the note. Like, I remember when I got this. Like, what? what is that prison thing doing in his, like, shadow gallery? When did it get built? Why did he build it? And was it... Did he build it after she went to go stay at the, the no, TV guy's I house? No, I don't know. And then was he, the whole time, he was, like, just waiting. He's like, <laughs> eventually, I'll take her back to my cave. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just thought it was interesting, like, um, because when she goes to Gordon's, um, she's, he, she's clearly wearing his clothes. Yeah. Like, but... V already had clothes for her, and that's like never like brought up. It's like, wait a second, it's kind of weird. Why has he got clothes? Like maybe it was his previous Evie. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about that one. <laughs> Let's not talk about it. I sent her on a mission, and she didn't come back. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, 
Yeah, it's just it's very. I just find like the film is still. It doesn't feel like it was made in two thousand five. You know. No. And then yeah. what was interesting to me was the phones in the film. Like, if you look at phones in two thousand five, I know、mm-hmm. it's like a film. It's set in twenty twenty four, so that's interesting.、Um, I think it's twenty twenty four, but the phones look like our phones today. Yeah. Whereas, like in other films, like how did they know that the the phones would look like iPhones? That's why. It's like the whole. It's the whole thing、that's... with like how did Stanley Kubrick know that we were going to have tablets or yeah? yeah. <laughs> like there's a lot in this movie that was like. It seemed outlandish at the time that、mm. the government would be doing these things to its own citizenry,、mm. and now we live in that world. Yeah,、um, like thanks to the plague, which is exactly、mm. the plotline of the V for Vendetta movie, we now live in the V for Vendetta world. <laughs> also, like, wonderful. The I pointed this out to you. I don't know whether that's just a weird coincidence type of thing, but the、um, the government the. Parties like、um, symbol is like a cross, but like with wings. But the wings look to me like a face mask. Yeah. The the symbol of、um, the party. The party. Let me just look it up so I don't misspeak. It's like unity through strength or unity through faith. Yeah, unity through faith. Yeah. V for vendetta. Government. Symbol. Oh shit! It is what I thought it was. So if you've never, so okay. So the symbol of the government is what's known as the cross of Lorraine, which was on the Knights Templar flag in、um, Champagne, France, which was like a region the Knights Templar took over. And almost were able to create their own country in in France. They got very close to creating their own nation, and the flag of that nation had the cross of Lorraine on it, which is the cross with two bars. It's called the cross of Lorraine. It's a famous Knights Templar cross,、mm. right? And <clears throat> you see that used in modern symbolism, hidden all over the place.、Mm. So if you look at the Exxon Mobil. Logo, the two X's are connected with the cross of Lorraine. It's the same symbol, right? So this is a symbol East India Trading Company Knights Templar <laughs> have continued to use. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. Wasn't surprising、no. they use that in the film. No, but the one I'm talking about is on the poster where it has this、um, unity through strength and like the cross. But it's in what looks like wings, but the wings to、oh, me yeah, yeah, yeah. don't know, look like、okay. wings. They look like a, like a face mask covering. I just, I maybe that's just because for the last two years that's what I've seen. Seen everywhere, yeah. But it just seems really odd. It does seem odd, yeah. There's a lot about this movie that seems odd now <laughs> just, watching it. Just odd. Just odd. Back, yeah. So, anyways,、um, we should probably because we're over an hour, so we、yeah. should probably. Oh, by the way, do final thoughts.、Uh, you you want to just show your T-shirt off? Oh、uh, yeah, check it out. Uncensored Cinephiles T-shirt. Bianca got me. Yeah. Do anyone recognize what that is? If you haven't seen our review of Space Odyssey, <laughs> you'll know what it is after that. Go、yeah. watch our Space Odyssey.、Mm. 
And also, we've been uploading stuff to our Patreon, but we have no Patreons yet. So we need y'all to join Patreon so you can see the yeah, extra content we'll, we've we'll, made for y'all. There'll be more discussions. There'll be sort of stuff about the paintings included in the film, and maybe like um, we'll include some interesting articles that we found and links to that. And there was the eighteen thirty four um, burning of Parliament an accident mm-hmm. or a plot. Yeah. So additional resources are on the Patreon. You can get like show notes for everything we talked about. Uh, we did a little behind the scenes video <laughs> last week for the making of the other one. And I'll maybe do something like that again this time in a little behind the scenes video. Mm. And we're going to be putting up extra bonus content there. So if you guys enjoy this and you want more entertainment, mm. join the Patreon. Yeah. And I'm sure like anything that is, you know, not deemed YouTube friendly will being be over there so, yeah oh spicy yeah the Ooh. spicy content will be on patreon <laughs> yeah. and it's only like what two dollars a month yeah. or something so yeah. it's not like a huge cost for people to get a whole bunch of extra content no no so and um i'm looking for people to put some sort of recommendations or suggestions of films that they would like us to review i've got a few in mind and we've been discussing other things but um, i'm really keen for people to let us know what they like, what film, you know, what films you really want us to cover. So, um, something we both want to watch, something that we haven't seen, neither yeah. one of us seen. So, please suggest some stuff. Yeah, see if there's something we both haven't seen yet. Mm. Okay, well, thank you everyone for watching. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Remember to like, subscribe, and share the content. <laughs> I'm gonna have that clip from. <laughs> um, don't look up. Yeah. What's up, y'all? I'm the last man on earth. Shit's all fucked up. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We out here. <laughs> Which maybe we could review that movie. That would be a good one. Mm. You want to do Don't Look Up soon? We'll yeah, do that. Someone, we'll add it to the list. Yeah, we add it to the list. But thank you very much for watching. Okay, thank you everyone. Take care. Have a nice night. Or day. Or whatever it is. Where you are. <laughs> okay, stop now. <laughs> <laughs>